Welcome to another episode of Stop Sweeping It Under the Carpet. On this episode, we'll be talking about the employer's responsibility with regards to domestic abuse with my special guest. Okay, hi, how are you doing? I hope that you're all well. Welcome to Stop Sweeping Under the Carpet. My name is Jacqueline Francis and I have a special guest with me today and her name is Helen. And we're going to be talking about um, domestic abuse. It's Domestic Abuse Awareness Month, October. And um, normally during the month of October, I do a few interviews, but not just in October. I normally do it throughout the year anyway. Um, But today we're going to be talking about um, issues with domestic abuse and the workplace, because a lot of people tend to think that there is no correlation. But before we delve into that, Helen, can I just ask you to introduce yourself to our viewers and our listeners, please? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for thank you for having me on. Um, Hello, everyone. I'm Helen Snape. I'm a healthy relationships coach and I work with women on building their confidence, boundaries and healthy relationship skills, because I believe that healthy relationships are key to our happiness. And yet many of us didn't grow up absorbing or experiencing healthy relationships. And so we can learn. We can learn how to have healthy relationships. Absolutely, absolutely. And it doesn't matter how old you are, um, you know, there's still scope or still space to, to learn more, isn't there, about happy relationships. Okay, so as I was saying, um, this month is Domestic Abuse Awareness Month. And I wanted to talk to Helen specifically about the correlation of domestic abuse and the workplace. But before I do go into that, Helen, I just wanted to ask you, um, because you reached out to me and I'm so grateful for it. Um, how, first of all, for, foremost, tell us a little bit about your experience of domestic abuse, and then we can go on and talk about how it came about in the, in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I met my husband when I was at university. So I was very young and impressionable. And, you know, I fell in love with the first guy that just paid me a whole load of attention. Okay. Like, you know, he made me feel so special. Mm -hmm. And I I didn't recognize the red flags for what they were because I didn't know any better. For example, he would sometimes fly into rages and and i just felt sorry for him you know Mm. that that he experienced this and i knew for example that he you know he had a very difficult childhood um and so i kind of excused that behavior Mm. Mm. and you know and i just and i i guess i could see the potential in him right right you know, as, or is it a matter of you can change him or, well or, or, <laughs> I know a lot of women do say, say that you know yeah, i thought i could change him or something like that do you know what i mean you know yeah I, yeah i think that was in there too mm. not really very consciously mm. but almost kind of like you know oh you know maybe i can maybe i can make up for the love that he's kind of missing for himself mm. in a way Mm-hmm. Um, and we fit terribly well together because 
I was a real giver in that relationship. And yeah, I, you know, I now know that, you know, that I was a real people pleaser, you know, I, I yeah. felt happy when I made other people happy. happy right. And he, as it turns out, was a narcissist. So he was a real taker in that relationship. So we kind of fit together really well in a horrible mm. way mm. You know, because mm. he wanted everything to be about him. And, and I was like, oh, great, let's make everything about you. Right, right. So, I mean, was he your first, um, I don't know, boyfriend at the time? I'd, had, I'd had two boyfriends before, mm. uh, neither of which were probably very healthy choices, mm. you know, okay. with hindsight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, my, my husband, you know, he obviously kind of identified that I was a good bet. Mm. Um, and so he swept me off my feet. Mm. Um, mm. But fairly, you know, fairly quickly, just, yeah, just the, the problems began to appear in our relationship. Mm. Um, so when you say fairly quickly, how quickly is that? How quickly is that? <laughs> well, we like to please, don't we? You know, so yeah, I mean, probably within within a few months. Okay. Well, actually, no, before that, to be honest, mm. because it was probably fairly soon after I met him that he started flying off into rages occasionally. Mm. Um, but then after a few months, for example, you know, obviously I introduced him to my family. And fairly quickly, he began to find things that he didn't like about my family. Mm. So he began to sow divisions mm. between me and my family. Right, right. So when you say that he was um, flying into, into rages, was it just off the cuff or, you know, was it small things that you thought, oh, well, there's no need to get in a rage about it, but he did anyway? Both. Okay. <laughs> Right. Yeah, and and like they were, they were, you know, they were um, real blow ups. Mm. Um, I mean, if anybody else was around at the time, you know, they they would have been very shocked. Mm. Like he, I'm not sure that he even perhaps like knew what he was saying or doing when he flew into those rages. Like they were just explosions. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, let's just quickly jump, uh, uh, go back. I mean, some, there's a couple of people that, are, that, are, that have just joined us. So we're talking about um, uh, Helen's experience of domestic abuse, and we're going to go on to, to talk about how it affected or impacted her within the place of work and should employers be doing enough. And, and all this is in light of Domestic Abuse Awareness Month. So can I just ask, so when you went to, um, when you noticed that he was trying to divide your family and yourself i mean was it something that you recognized straight away because you, you i mean you were saying that he was saying bad things about your family or something yeah he was he was kind of finding things that he he thought was wrong with their behavior and right. also he was trying he was finding things that he felt that they were disrespecting him okay and so it kind of it it, and he, it would just kind of escalate. And so it almost became, well, you know, it's either me or it's them. 
Right. And when, when the ultimatum came to you, what were you, what was your reaction? I felt that I had to side with my husband. Yeah, right. because yeah, because you know, I'd chosen him. I'd fallen in love with him. If he if he was telling me that you know he felt my family were being disrespectful, then you know I, I've got to believe it, right? Mm-hmm. Because I didn't know any different. Yes, yes, and, and I wanted to. Yeah, of course. And as you know now, he, you know, that's one of the traits, isn't it, where he tries to distance you or isolate yeah. you from family members. Yeah. So I was, I was, after a, probably a couple of years. I, I mean, I, I effectively kind of cut myself off from my family because I couldn't cope with this conflict going on all the time. I felt like piggy in the middle. Oh right. Okay. So. You know, what were your parents saying? What was the reaction of your parents when, you know, because were you that type of person who would visit your parents, you know, on a regular basis and then they noticed that, okay, well, we're not hearing from her as often as we used to. It was it was a transitional time because remember I'd met my husband at university. Um, we got married almost as soon as, you know, I'd left university. Okay. So, you know, we were creating a new life together anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, my parents, you know, they were, they were distraught. I mean, I was distraught, mm. but you know, mm. it's like, well, what, what can I do? Because, mm. you know, cause neither my, neither my parents were, you know, thinking they needed to apologize or do anything. And mm. my husband certainly wasn't going to, yeah. um, so it was, it, he cut sort of managed to cut me off from my family. Um, but also remember this was in the days pre-internet. Um, so, right. Right. so I also managed to kind of lose touch with the friends that I'd made at university as well. Right. And so really, you know, it really was just me and him mm-hmm. and me going to work. Right. Right. Okay. So, um, so we, we know that, that, you know, one form of abuse doesn't come in isolation. So were there other types of abuse or was it just the isolation from your family? It was, I would say it was like a psychological and emotional abuse. Mm-hmm. So he, um, he would like, intimidate me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, for example, maybe he wouldn't throw things at me, but if he was angry, he might throw, he might just throw things on the floor. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, and I was scared. Because mm. I was about to ask, at what, at what point did you start feeling scared? Because that's the whole idea of it, isn't it? The intimidation. What point did you start feeling scared? Um, I think from the outset of the relationship, because because he would fly into these rages, they were terrifying. Mm. Um, and I kind of, I knew that they weren't necessarily directly about me like even if he said that they were you know it was clearly you know a huge kind of reaction but at the same time it was terrifying of course of course definitely definitely so you know during the course of your 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 marriage um you know and and going into work you know how did um that transpire you know how did it affect your work? Mm. Mm. Yeah. 
and it, it's really interesting reflecting on this now mm. because at the time you know I was very kind of proud of my work and and so I'd have said well it doesn't affect my work <laughs> right. okay. Okay. you'd have asked me then you know because you know I wanted to be showing that I was doing a good job yes um, yes yes but you know I, but my whole system was so stressed you know I was on I was hyper vigilant you know because I was always on the kind of the lookout for no. you know what you know when is there going to be the next problem when is he going to get annoyed about something again and so mm. that whole kind of way of being I took into the workplace with mm. me mm. so you know if somebody asked me to do something then it was always I always felt like it was urgent like I had to say wow. yes and I had to do it then Right, right. Um, and I had to do a good job. Mm, mm. I mean, the reason why I'm asking this, obviously, is that, you know, we've got, I've got the figures here in terms of, um, you know, since the pandemic and, and COVID and so forth, and us being on lockdown and, and so forth. And we know that the rate of domestic abuse rose, what was it? I think they said 49% higher than normal, um, you know, and ultimately, um, the police chief was saying that at least 163 people died of domestic abuse attacks during the 12 months to the end of March 2021. So my question was always, okay, we're on, we're on this hybrid way of working now, our new normal, you know. Um, so that means if you are being abused at home anyway, it's even more so it's, you know, now that you, you have to stay at home. Um, do you know what I mean? So how do you yeah. think... Yeah, that is frightening. That is that is frightening. I I can't imagine trying to have worked from home in the environment that I was in. It it wouldn't have worked. I mean, partly it was because sometimes my husband was working from home, and just you know, I for just the simple thing of you know, I would never know you know when he might blow up. Mm. And get angry about something like mm. you know I, I couldn't be working I couldn't have been taking a phone call or having a zoom call um and actually I couldn't have been doing any of that if he was at home either because that would have disturbed him too much you know even right. if I was in another room like he wanted right. complete silence so it just it would not have worked right and that begs the question you know how do you think these women or you know, men, but we're, you know, we're talking about women in this context. Um, how do you think that they would have coped if their job, supposing they were in a high pressure job, manager, director or something like that, you know, and they had to be on these Zoom calls and so forth. I mean, I imagine, you know, the perpetrator sitting right next to her while she's on this Zoom call or whatever. How do you think they would be coping? What, what do you think? Because you would think, well, I mean, you, you wouldn't think because it's a screen now, isn't it? We're, we're doing things on our laptops. That person couldn't see that you're upset or anything like that or how anxious you are or feeling, would they? Mm, no. So how no. difficult? I just, I, I cannot imagine, honestly, mm -hmm. how, how you could cope if you're living in an abusive environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I guess what I'm saying now is the fact that, okay, so if you were at work, because for many, we know that if you were at work, for a lot of women, that would have been their escapism, wouldn't it? 
that would yeah. be a safe haven to get away from the um, yes. data. Yes, mm. yes, it very much was for me. When I, when I went to work, it felt, it was like kind of a relief. Mm. Even though, you know, often work was very challenging and, you know, not, not always fun, but it was, yeah, it was essentially a lot safer than it was at home. Mm, mm, mm. So when you were at work, mm. you, you said that you couldn't sort of like relax, so to speak. So what are some of the things that you were feeling or, or doing? How, how was your behaviour changing and did anyone recognise it? Um, well, I was very good at wearing a mask. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just, I just kind of didn't share very much about myself. Um, okay. I would ask other people about themselves instead. And we all know that people love to talk about themselves, don't they? So, so it gave you enough scope not to say anything. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, looking back, I was probably, I was probably slightly more forgetful than I would otherwise have been. Um, right. cause I certainly was at home cause I, just because I was so stressed, mm. I would, you know, I'd go out to the shop and I'd forget a couple of things coming back home because I was just, my whole system was so stressed. So I know at work, you know, I, I, I would write lists of absolutely everything I had to do because I just, I knew I couldn't remember anything. Mm. Um, right. Right. and also I think it, it meant that I found it very hard to handle criticism or, or constructive feedback even okay. at work because, because, because it was kind of my safe place. It was kind of like, well, oh no, you know, if things kind of look as if they're going wrong at work, you know, I, I can't lose this. Yeah. You know, yeah. things are bad enough at home. Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't have things going wrong at work either like everything has to be okay like i right. have to do i have to do really well at work right right wow that, i mean that's that's interesting okay so i uh, will come back to that in a minute so for those of you who have just joined us it's domestic abuse awareness month i have my special guest here um helen who's shown her experiences of domestic abuse and the impact that it had on on her in the workplace and the question that we're asking is, you know, can employers or should employers be doing more, especially now that we're working the hybrid way of working, you know, we're working from home as well. Um, let's have a look. Oh, oh, we had, um, oh, I can't pronounce that name. <laughs> is it short for Mohammed Anaro as Islam that says, congratulations. I'm not quite sure. Oh, congratulations that you managed to get out of that relationship. And, um, Agnes is saying, thank you so much for sharing this. Um, lots of women are suffering in silence. And yes, they are. And that's, and you know, Agnes, you know, that's why I, I, I'm constantly doing my interviews and constantly um, interviewing ladies to create this awareness and to try to educate about the effects of domestic abuse. Okay, so let's just go back to the fact that when, okay, so you're, you're at work. You're not saying anything to anybody. 
Um, you'd rather hear what other people have to say about themselves and so forth. But, you know, what, if any, the employers now, they're saying, should have policies and so forth in place. Um, you know, and if they do have it in place, are they actually acting upon it? So if you're working from home, if you are at work, those policies will be addressed. Well, one would like to think that they would be addressed. But do you think there's a risk manage risk management has been implemented for those working at home? Mm. Yeah, that is a really good question. You know, is there other is the employer doing a kind of a risk assessment for yeah. people that that are working from home? Mm. Um, I mean, certainly, you know, um, when I was working in HR and you know this was obviously pre pandemic, you know, we would do risk assessments for people that were working from home. Um, but, you know, because it's so commonplace now, is that still happening? Right. Mm. And, and also the fact that if you haven't divulged to your employer that your, your mm. uh, relationship is abusive, how can they put things into place? Yeah. For yeah. you? Because I'd like to think that if they knew that there was a, a, a abusive relationship and that they're asking you to stay at home, that there there would be consequences. There would be, you know, things would have ha would happen, which they would be liable for if they knew. Does that make sense? Yes, so, yes, because you know, because they have that duty of care yeah, yeah. in the workplace, and so yes, you would hope that they would um, that they would make exceptions, that they would adjust things so that that you could come into work instead mm. yeah okay. so but if you know, if you were in hr now and you knew that someone was affected by domestic abuse and we were told that you know you had to work from home what type of risk assessment would you put into place do you think oh well i think i think it's um you know it's got to be done on an individual basis yeah yeah but you know, as, as I was saying, you know, I can't imagine how somebody could work from home mm. if their home environment isn't safe. Mm. It's not. So that's yeah. It's something. It's something to think about, though, isn't it? Because what was happening when it was locked down? Mm. Do you know what I mean? And how many did actually? Well, probably they didn't divulge anyway, because you said yourself that. You know. Did you manage to, at what point did you manage to speak to your employers to say, well, okay, well, this is what's happening to me? Mm. Yeah, I took, <laughs> I absolutely did not want to tell my employer. Like they were the last people that I wanted to tell that I was in an abusive relationship mm. because, because I had created this persona of, you know, I'm, I'm intelligent, I've got a good career. Um, I just, it, I felt like they would think I was so stupid. Okay. Um, mm. You know, how, how does this intelligent woman, like how has she been in this relationship for so long? And yeah, um, so I absolutely did not want to tell them. Um, but I was, I, I guess my hand was forced because yeah. it got to the point where, you know, I guess I hit my, my rock bottom mm. and I decided that 
I needed to see a therapist. Like I just, I couldn't cope any longer. Uh, and, and it was at that point when I saw the therapist and I decided that I needed to leave my marriage that I realized I was going to have to tell my employer because a, I needed time off to find somewhere else to live. Yeah. Like as soon as possible. Yeah. Because I just wanted to get out. You know, when I kind of hit that point, I was just like, I want to leave now. Yeah. Um, and secondly, I, because I was kind of at this very fragile point, I couldn't concentrate on work. Mm. I just, I got to that point where I just couldn't concentrate. Like, I, you know, I, I wouldn't have been able to, to really to, to handle anything at work. Mm-hmm. So of course, you know, this has a you know you're not being able to concentrate has a huge impact on you know i don't know what productivity in terms of what you're producing on a daily basis because you know i don't there i read a report saying that what's the word presenteeism the rate of presenteeism is much higher than absenteeism so yes you're present in the workplace uh, but just because you're present doesn't mean to say that you're being productive (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. And, and it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because it was, it was precisely at that, at that time when I just hit my rock bottom and I just, I couldn't cope with hardly anything that I probably made like the biggest mistake at work. Okay. Um, mm. and when it came to light, even though even though obviously my employer by that point, you know, knew that I'd been in an abusive marriage, like the, obviously that, you know, the work issue was a work issue. And so when, you know, when we were talking about it, you know, they asked me, well, you know, is, was there anything that was kind of, that contributed to, to this, you know, or, you know, what was going on? And honestly, I didn't even put two and two together. I didn't even think about the fact that I was utterly stressed out at that point in time and just kind of so, so stressed and such a a breaking point that it it absolutely would have contributed to my decision making, you know, if, if only for the fact that, you know, in that, in that relationship, because because I'd been so focused on my husband, I'd really lost touch with myself. Mm. And so I'd lost touch with my values. Uh, mm. And I just, yeah, I was just all over the place. Mm, mm, mm. And so it absolutely did affect my decision making at work. Right. But I didn't recognize it yeah. myself. And this is what we're saying, you know, it's time to sort of like join the dots. Not just for yourself, but employers. So, you know, can I ask, I mean, time's going by very quickly, but, you know, I'd like to, <laughs> I'd like to ask, you know, when you did mention it to your employer, you know, which you said that you had to because you had to look somewhere else to live, what was the response? And did they say, you know, um, that, you know, you, you could have said something, why didn't you say something sooner? What was their response when you said to I was, I was fortunate. You know, my manager was understanding and she asked me basically, you know, well, you know, what, what do you need? Um, 
and you know all that i could think of was i need i need time off like and i need it now <laughs> yes, yes, um, yes. and so so my employer agreed for me to take some time off which was a combination of special leave and annual leave um okay. they also made a referral to our employee assistance program mm -hmm. for me to have access to some telephone counseling um, right. which was kind of a useful a useful stopgap mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. i i also was looking privately for you know for a therapist for myself but it mm -hmm. was it was a useful stopgap to have this telephone support in the mm -hmm. meantime right okay so for employers that don't have um well employers should have something in place anyway in terms of their policies mm. but i mean actually what i wanted to ask do you think if it was a, a male manager do you think you would have had a different response do you think yeah. hmm. or that's a good question <laughs> i do not know i do because not know I mean, I mean, you don't know whether you know she could identify with you maybe because she might have gone through something similar or know someone that's gone through something similar. I mean, I don't know, but it'd be interesting to know whether if it was a male, would they would it have the same uh, response? But what I wanted to know was, okay, for the big companies, they will have these policies in place. Mm. And for me, sometimes I feel as if it's still sort of like a tick box exercise that they've got it in place. Um, and are, are they actually acting upon it? And you know, for some, going to a counsellor or being referred to a therapist is, is great. But what about, what, what do you suggest for those who want to go down the more holistic route to help themselves? What do you think employers could put into place? Mm. <sighs> because, you know, for some, for some they have, um, okay, counsellors, therapists, join the gym, you know, <laughs> help them, you know, but something more holistic to you know to deal with within do you know what i mean yeah yeah i i guess like there obviously there is a limit as to as to what support the employer can provide um i mean the i suppose the other kind of route to go down is is almost kind of like kind of a health assessment to see what else might be supportive Mm. So, you know, again, like hindsight is a wonderful thing. Yeah, and looking back, um, what I would have found helpful is possibly to have dropped my hours and, and just work maybe four days a week, simply because mm. when I started uh, seeing a therapist face to face, which is once a week, it was, it was so... It, it was so intense and I was going through so much that by the end of the session, I was, I was very discombobulated. <laughs> That's a good word, isn't it? Discombobulated, yeah. but also exhausted. Right. But I just, I just but was that and mentally exhausted, both yeah. physically and mentally exhausted. Yeah. 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 Mm. Because, you know, because therapy can do that. Mm. Um, and I just, and I think my whole system needed to rest mm. because actually I suppose that was also, um, an aspect of being in that marriage was that I, I was constantly tired as well. Mm. Yeah. I never, cause I just never had any time for myself. Mm. Mm. 
never mm. any time. And wow. so it's, it was almost like my whole system needed time to catch up with itself and readjust. Mm. I just, I needed downtime. Right, mm. right, right. Okay, so um, we've definitely sort of like gone over our time, but I just want to ask a couple more questions before we go. Sure. What? Okay, so now that, you know, we're going back into work now, I mean, I still, I know people that are still off from work and, you know, having spoken to them recently, they're saying now that they've been off for, what, a month and a, a year and a half, and they're probably going to go in one day a week now, I guess, to start off with. What should employers have in place? Um, what sort of awareness should they have in place? Because we want to get it to a point where domestic abuse is an issue that everyone is comfortable talking about. Mm. Um, so what do you think employers should have in place? Uh, you know, aside from, you know, the, the policies, what can they do on a daily or monthly basis? Well, I think a general thing is, you know, as well as having a policy, is it, you know, is there any training around that? Because you're right, you know, a policy is, is a very, it's a dry document. It can just yeah. sit on a shelf and gather <laughs> dust. <laughs> but, you know, we need to bring it to life. So, yeah. you know, whether that's through training or, or having conversations about it mm. would be a really useful place to start. Um, and I suppose also, also making your employees aware that, you know, that, that if they are experiencing domestic abuse, that you're going to be supportive and that, you know, that, that you do have policies and things in place to support them mm. and that you're going to support them. Yeah. So that, so I, I think it's, it's creating that environment where people do feel it's okay for them to say what's going on mm. because I guess like that was one thing for me was I, I didn't know how my manager was going to respond right. because, you know, because it was just, it was just a subject that no one ever talked about. about. Yes. Yes. And also you, you said yourself that, you know, you were this independent woman, so to speak, I can do this job, you know, you know, yeah. nothing's going to wear me down, trying to be strong, do that to me, you know, so um, there's that as well, but, you know, we, we have to, and because you're in a high power job and you have these loads of responsibilities and you, you feel as if you don't want to feel as if you're, you're weak, do you know what I mean, and maybe, you know, somebody else to do the job better or whatever, so I, I mean, I get that, I understand that, but you're right in terms of, um, let's get it to a point where, you know, if it does happen, that you're able to go to talk to your manager about it and whether they know anything about it or not, they can signpost you to somebody, yeah. you know. Yeah, so. yeah. and I, I think I think managers need support too. Yeah. It, it wasn't an issue in my case, but I know from working in HR, it, it can be an issue that sometimes the perpetrators will, uh, you know, either show up at the at the workplace of their victim or you know or they'll call you know they'll they'll make calls and the, mm -hmm. and you know so managers need support in you know well, what you know how do i deal it's with so that and, yeah. you know, how how do i support my team mm -hmm. that are maybe having kind of deal with mm -hmm. that too 
You know, I mean, you're right. I mean, it starts from the top. The training has to be from the top to come down anyway. Ooh. But you're talking about um, safeguarding your employees. Um, and the fact, and another question, I mean, we can go on, but I'm going to curb it. But quickly, you know, is talking about perpetrators because the perpetrator could be someone working in your um, business as well. Um, do you know what I mean? How do you handle that? And for some of this, I mean, I remember speaking to my colleague who's a barrister and he was saying to me that um, some perpetrators don't know that what they're doing is abusive you know so you know i really wanted to get a take on that but you know it's it starts from the top and it has to come down and more, and more training and more awareness and education needs to be done um so yeah i mean i could talk all night about this. <laughs> absolutely absolutely go and yeah you honestly honestly what you're doing is amazing like you need to go and and, and, and help employers like, with, with this because I think, you know, you, as, as we've talked about, it is like, it is a, it's the kind of conversation that people are kind of tiptoe around, like they're yeah. not really sure what to say. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and it's, it's interesting that you should say that because sometimes when I speak to, to ladies just on a one to one conversation, you know, they feel so um, scared, you know, to talk about the subject matter. But as I said, I just want to get people to a space, a safe space to share the story. Uh, but yes, for employers, I mean, if there are any employers out there, you know, I have, you know, do invite me to come and talk to your employers. I don't mind talking to your employers about, you know, um, you know, the warning signs, raising awareness and what you as an employer can do and so forth. So, you know, please do get in touch. Um, but yes, anyway, Helen, we've come to the end. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you to those who have commented and, um, shared their hearts, their thumbs up and so forth. And uh, again, to those who will be joining us on the replay, please do comment. I'd like to know what your thoughts are on the subject of, you know, are employers doing enough in the workplace? Are you, you know, ask your employer, you know, ask the question, if you're going to work tomorrow, ask your employer, what do they have in place? You know, so Helen, any last few words? Mm. Oh, I think it's it's such a huge subject. Uh, as you say, I think we could discuss it for hours. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think there is a lot that employers can do besides having a policy like to, to actually to bring this to life so that people that are suffering from domestic abuse do feel confident to come forward and talk about it. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so that's it. Um, thank you so much for joining me and sharing your story um, with me. It's been um, awesome. Thank you very much. Until next time, guys, take care and I'll speak to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.